Well, welcome to My Evangel Online and uh, Merry Christmas. Yeah. We're starting our Christmas we're series here. today. Um, but before we get there, if you're new with us, uh, we just exist to be a safe place online to explore faith in Jesus. And we're so glad that you're here with us. Yeah and uh, our Christmas series. Yeah, so we're calling it Christmas from the sidelines. So we're gonna be taking a look at some of those characters that maybe don't always get noticed in the Christmas story. We're gonna be taking a little bit of a different take uh, on each of those characters, and so we're so excited to join that. So we're gonna roll our Christmas intro, nice. but before we do, we wanna ask the question, are you planning on sending Christmas cards this year? I don't, I've, are never, you? I've never sent one. Have you? I, I, I don't do well as cards and being thoughtful. Well, I guess but. we should probably start. Thanks for staying with us. Well, have you ever looked at the complicated of your life and compared it with the seemingly easy of someone else's? Do you know those people, the ones that just seem to sail through life? They're the ones that you look at and go, like, again? Really? You want another sweepstakes? And while you just seem to be tripping and stumbling through this life, they just seem to float and glide through it. Well, this week we are beginning a new series called Christmas on the Sidelines. And we want to take maybe a different perspective at some of those characters that you have heard of from the Christmas narrative and look at how their lives can inform our response on some of those friction points that we can all face in life and especially at Christmas. And first up is Elizabeth, but before we dive into her story, would you pray with me? So God, I thank you that the Bible is such a great tool for us to discern how you would want us to live, how you would want us to respond to the people around us. And as we look at Elizabeth's story this morning, God, would you speak to our hearts? Would you mold and shape us to have the attitudes and the reactions that you would want us to have so that we are people marked by your spirit, marked by grace? So would you make us good soil this morning? And as always, Lord, would you go before us? Would you take that which is birthed of my own spirit? Would you just let that float away? But would your words sink deep? Because you are the spirit of truth. In your precious name, amen. Well, we meet Elizabeth first in Luke chapter 1, verse 5. And we see this woman who kind of has all of the right things going for her. She is part of the priestly lineage. She's a direct descendant of Aaron. But on top of her own family history, she has married a priest, Zechariah. And we see in verse 6 that they both desired to live lives that were upstanding, that were righteous. They sought to live lives that pleased God. And still, Elizabeth was a woman who faced great disappointment in her life. She was not able to have a child. And now sometimes um, in our Western world or outlook, we can go, well, you know what? Like she still has value. We wouldn't disagree with that, but we have to remember in the cultural context that Elizabeth was living in, having a child was kind of the be all and end all for a woman. If Zechariah dies and she finds herself childless, she's alone 
in the world. And so this would have harnessed so many implications for her relationally and socially on top of just her own desire to have a child. And we see that this was a source of great pain. We just don't have to imagine it because we see Elizabeth's own words in Luke uh, chapter 1, verse 25, when Elizabeth finds out that she's pregnant and she says, The Lord has done this for me. In these days he has shown his favor and taken away my disgrace among the people. So regardless of her heritage, regardless of her choices, regardless of her desire to live in a way that pleases God, hers was not an easy life. And her path was not an easy one to walk. Have you ever felt like Elizabeth? Like despite all of the doing rights of your life, it is just continuously a hard road. Have you had those questions where you're like, seriously, God, what about me? When will I get to reap what I've sown? When will I get the credit that I deserve? When will this get easier? Is there more? Have you ever been there? When all of those disappointments and the unmet desires and the seemingly unanswered prayers start to weigh heavy. And you're tempted to just look around to the people around you and the stories and the highlight reels of social media and think, God, why have you forgotten me? And this can be highlighted at Christmas. You know that Christmas is my favorite time of year and it is a wonderful season. But Christmas can also be a heavy season. It can be a holiday that highlights all of the pains and tensions of this life. Christmas can be a season of emotional strain, can be a season of relational strain, it can be a season where you don't feel like you measure up or like you just don't have enough. It can be a season of great divisions. But I want to encourage you before we move on to this sideways look at Elizabeth's life, that despite all of Elizabeth's feelings of disgrace, despite all of Elizabeth's feelings of maybe disappointment, maybe fears of her future, God hadn't forgotten Elizabeth. He was not absent from her story. In fact, he had this beautiful and miraculous path that was set before her. It was one that required waiting and stretching but it was there, ready and waiting, when the time was right. God was present and he was attentive to every single one of her cries. And friends, if this season you're looking at your own life and you're feeling that same weight and heaviness that Elizabeth felt that she referenced in Luke 1, 25, can I encourage you that God has not forgotten about you either. He has not been absent from your life. He sees you and he knows you and he loves you. And he has a good plan set in front of each of us. And it might require waiting and stretching. But he's attentive and listening to your cries. 
So in this moment of Elizabeth coming to grips with her own miracle, in this moment of awe and joy, who should show up but Mary? And before we actually look into what Elizabeth's true biblical response was, can we just speculatively put ourselves in her shoes for a minute? Just like basic raw emotion, put ourselves in her shoes, okay? So here's Elizabeth. She's done everything right. She's married the right guy. She came from the right family. She's sought to live her life in a way that honors God and still she suffered for years with infertility, with feeling ostracized from society. All of that pain and frustration and disillusionment and disappointment has been her story. And in her moment of joy, in her moment of awe, this coming together of everything that she's prayed and longed and waited for, who should traipse in but her young and unmarried and pregnant cousin? Have you ever been there where you've been finally getting that thing that you have clawed your way for forever? And you look beside you and somebody just like all of a sudden has it. You just think, why was it so easy for you and it was so hard for me? And in Elizabeth's story, not only is Mary like young, she's clearly not done the right thing with her life. I mean, she has some wonky story of how she got pregnant and it didn't compromise any of her morals or values. And not only that, Mary's own presence as a young, unmarried, pregnant girl puts Elizabeth's reputation and family in jeopardy. Can you just feel the human emotions that may have been swirling within her? The very, very real human tension that we all feel when we come face to face with our longings and desires fulfilled in someone else's life. What happens when someone shares their joy with us and their very story of joy is the story of our heartache? What happens when someone wants us to rejoice with them and their rejoicing highlights our ache and longing? And that's what we're going to look at this morning. How do we respond when we're face-to-face with what we desire in someone else's life? When the what about me record starts playing and we are tempted to look up at the sky and say, God, why have you forgotten me? When you answered their prayers, why have you let me wrestle through this hurt and pain And you let them have an easy road. What about me? So how does Elizabeth respond? As this young and unmarried and pregnant cousin comes walking down the lane. Well, we see it in Luke chapter 1 verses 39 to 45. At that time, Mary got ready and hurried to a town in the hill country of Judea where she entered Zechariah's home and greeted Elizabeth. 
And when Elizabeth heard Mary's greeting, the baby leaped in her womb, and Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Spirit. In a loud voice, she exclaimed, Blessed are you among women, and blessed is the child you will bear. But why am I so favored that the mother of my Lord should come to me? As soon as the sound of your greeting reached my ears, the baby in my womb leaped for joy. Blessed is she who has believed that the Lord would fulfill his promises to her. I am continuously in awe of Elizabeth's response because I don't know how I would have responded in that situation. I don't know how my own emotions, trying to do it out of my own strength, would have looked. But Elizabeth's is a response of grace. It's a response of God. And so in this season, if you find yourself face to face with the desires of your heart in the form of someone else's life, can we learn from Elizabeth's response? Can we learn that first and foremost, that's not our load to bear alone? I love how God kind of just paints this picture for us right from the beginning in verse 41. It said, and when Elizabeth heard Mary's greeting, the baby leaped in her womb, and Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Spirit. Elizabeth's response wasn't altogether her own. However, we see from verse 5 on that Elizabeth's life had been one of surrender to God. Her life had been one of desiring to honor God with her choices, had been one of worship and pursuing a relationship with God. And so when she comes face to face with Emmanuel, God with us in this moment, she was able to recognize him. And she was able to rejoice and celebrate God on display and at work even if the circumstances pushed on the bruises of her own life. We had talked in the panel the last three weeks a lot about the fruit of the Spirit and how we have the Holy Spirit with us and at work within us. He is cultivating the fruit of that Spirit within us and he has been called the Comforter and the Spirit of Truth. When we are face-to-face -face with those moments where we are just looking at all of our disappointments, staring back at us in someone else's story of joy and success, let me remind you that that pain and that disappointment is not your load to bear. You have a comforter who longs to hear your pain, who wants to bind you up, to take care of you, to strengthen you and fortify you. We have a God who understands and is sympathetic to our weaknesses. One of my favorite verses when I'm feeling that in my own life is Psalm 56, verse 8. Psalm 56, verse 8, and this is what it says. You keep track of all my sorrows. You have collected all my tears in your bottle. You have recorded each one in your book. And in those moments when my own pain and my own worry and my own insecurity and my own what about me, God, wants to react 
to someone else's rejoicing. I need to remember that we have a God who shoulders our pain. We have a God who catches each of our tears. We have a God who sees and is attentive and knows us. But we also have a God who puts a guard over our mouths. We have a God who bursts the fruit of the Spirit within us. We have a God who speaks for us, and we have a God who gives us perspective. And out of our own pain and struggle, God is waiting to lift our head back up to the bigger story that's being played out all around us. And that same God can fill our mouth with words of grace and life. Elizabeth could have just mustered through out of her own abilities to put her feelings aside, out of her own abilities to wrestle those questions and those disappointments to the ground, she could have mustered through. But she surrendered. She surrendered to the presence of God in that moment. She surrendered, and that God birth response was exactly what a young girl needed to hear. So when we are tempted to just go circling through on the what about me train, can we be people who pause? Can we be people who surrender? Can we be people who in that breath just pray, God, help me speak through me? You don't have to muster it on your own strength. You don't have to wrestle your feelings to the ground because it's not your load to bear. But we have a God who's promised to shoulder it for us and with us. And in those moments, as we surrender and we allow him to speak through us, he heals the deep parts of our hearts and our spirits that need it. Until it's not faking. <laughs> Until it's not just asking God to speak through us. But a deep work of our spirit happens. But we also see that Elizabeth lifts her eyes to God. In verse 42 through 45, she exclaims, Blessed are you among women, and blessed is the child you will bear. But why am I so favored that the mother of my Lord should come to meet me? As soon as the sound of your greeting reached my ears, the baby in my womb leaped for joy. Blessed is she who has believed that the Lord would fulfill his promise to her. Elizabeth's eyes were lifted off of her own circumstances to praise God with the bigger narrative that was being played out in this moment around her. She rejoices at what God is doing, not just in her life, but broader than that, as she realizes that she's just one part of the story. And when I'm tempted to give in to the what about me's, I need to be a person who learns to do the same. I need to be a person who learns to look up to the greater story, to lift my eyes off of my own disappointments and hurt my own little narrow world that is all centering around me, to realize that I am just one of the characters in this narrative of what God is doing in our world. And I know that is easier said than done. Trust me, I know. I get sucked down into that vortex just as much as anyone, maybe even more if we're being really honest. But like Elizabeth, I would desire to seek 
a response or a reaction that is of grace and of God than of disappointment, disbelief, or jealousy. And I think that this is exactly why God sent Mary to Elizabeth. He knew the kind of person that Elizabeth was. He knew that her heart was to honor him. He knew that even in disappointment, she sought a life of integrity and righteousness. That her greatest desire was to please God. I want you to think about that for a moment. Mary wasn't there by accident. In her moment where she is hearing this um, request of God, where Gabriel comes and he kind of lets her in on the plan, before she says yes, Gabriel reveals God's might and care through Elizabeth's story. And Luke 1, verses 36 to 38, Gabriel tells Mary, Even Elizabeth, your relative, is going to have a child in her old age. And she who is said to be unable to conceive is in her sixth month. For no word from God will ever fail. I am the Lord's servant, Mary answered. May your word to me be fulfilled. Then the angel left her. Mary's path, even though it may have seemed easy, it may have seemed like all of these things that Elizabeth had waited for forever, that she thought was out of her grasp, had just easily come to pass in Mary's life. From the outside, it may have looked that way, but Mary's path was not an easy one to walk. Mary, by saying yes to God, was taking her life into account. There's a reason why Joseph was going to quietly divorce her and send her away to have this baby, lest she be stoned, killed for adultery, because engagement was a very big deal in that culture. And so God, in all of his wisdom, in all of his grace, sends Mary to Elizabeth. And I believe that he knew the kind of woman Elizabeth was when he entrusted the fragile heart of this young lady to her. And without even knowing it, Elizabeth speaks just what Mary needs to hear. I want you to think through this narrative as we've read. As soon as the words of Mary's greeting reach Elizabeth's ears, the baby leaps within her womb, she's filled with the Holy Spirit, and she speaks. That means there wasn't time for Mary to sit down and share all of her fears and her doubts and her worries over a cup of tea, and for Elizabeth to muster up some of her uh, just comforting words and speak out of a desire to comfort. There wasn't time for Mary to speak and Elizabeth to have time to listen to this account and to wrestle her feelings to the ground and then speak logically what she would know to be true in that moment. No. The load wasn't hers to bear. She surrenders. She opens her mouth and without even knowing what she was saying, her words were exactly painted by the Holy Spirit to fortify the faith 
of this young woman in her obedience to what God had called her to. This year has been a year of hard, and none of us know what Christmas is going to look like. But maybe those Christmas cards have already started rolling in. The funny thing about Christmas cards is they often are a highlight reel of other people's lives, aren't they? They're all of the good news, the excitement, the shared hopes for the coming year, all of the positives, the answered prayers. And sometimes we can read them, we can have FaceTime conversations, we can talk with our loved ones and hear all of the great while we're sitting with our own broken, our own unmet desires, our own doubts and fears. Can I encourage us this Christmas to have the attitude of Elizabeth? And when we're faced with the desires of our heart in the form of someone else's life, to be people who are quick to surrender and speak words of life to be people who are quick to pause and say, Lord, help shoulder my pain, shoulder the unmet things that I still long for so that I can lift my head off of the circumstances of my life to what you're doing in and around me. Philippians 2 puts this so well in verses 1 to 4. Philippians 2 verses 1 to 4. Therefore, if you have any encouragement from being united with Christ, if any comfort from his love, if any common sharing in the spirit, if any tenderness and compassion, then make my joy complete by being like-minded, having the same love, being one in spirit and of one mind. Do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit. Rather, in humility, Value others about yourselves, not looking to your own interest, but each to the interests of others. In other words, what you have experienced from God, the grace, the love, can you be one who reflects that to the world around you? What about me? Honestly, it's a valid question, but it's one that we have to choose to surrender to Christ. We have to choose to fortify our faith on the truth that he has not forgotten about us and his plans for us are good even if they require stretching and waiting. So this season as you lean into the community around you at Christmas, COVID safe of course, let's remember to be people of God-given words of life. Because like Elizabeth, God may have entrusted someone's journey to you, trusting that you are a person who would surrender and allow him to speak through you. Can I pray for you before we go? So God, I thank you that you are attentive to us, that none of us have been forgotten or abandoned by you. And even in the things that seem like disappointments or unmet desires or unanswered prayers, we trust that your ways are higher than our ways and your thoughts are higher than our own. We trust your timing. 
We trust that you have a plan that is even greater than our own lives and circumstances. And so in that, God, would you help us to trust you enough that we allow you to shoulder our unmet desires, our unmet hopes and dreams. We ask that you would lift our heads off of the little circumstances of our life to the bigger picture of how we are just one piece in many that is bringing your hope in your life to the world around us. Would you help us to see every moment and every conversation and every interaction as sacred? That you have entrusted to us the people in our stories. And so when we are face to face with a moment that just seems difficult, when we're not sure of the words to say because our own brokenness and our own disappointment wants to speak instead, would you speak for us like you spoke for Elizabeth? And would you help our words of life fortify the faith of the person standing in front of us? We love you, and I thank you that you give us the sacred honor of reflecting you well, of being your light to this world. In your precious name, amen. Thanks, friends. Well, what a great reminder that even in our disappointments, um, Jesus can use us to bring life and um, joy and peace to those around us. Yeah. Well, we have a few announcements before you, for you before we go. Uh, the first being online Advent um, mm -hmm. this year because we're not able to gather together. As you can see, we've got our Advent wreath in the background here. And so we are anticipating, we're building anticipation for the coming Messiah, Emmanuel, God with us. And that is what Christmas is all about. And so tomorrow, we're gonna to be dropping our Advent on Peace. Yeah, it's bright and early, so it's, it's releasing on both Facebook and Instagram at 7.30 a.m. And we did that so you kind of start your day with yes. that expectation, and so we're so excited for that. Absolutely. And then speaking of kind of the Christmas season is we are going to be home for Christmas this Christmas Eve. So traditionally, we'd have a service here, but we're actually going fully online this year. Uh, it's gonna be at 6.30 p.m. on Facebook or YouTube. And we're so excited to, to join and hear the Christmas story shared uh, by some of our, our faith community here. Uh, we're gonna be in your home doing some trivia. And so if you're not a trivia buff, like start, so, like get, get read now. Um, and then we're gonna be doing a little bit of a giveaway. We're really excited uh, before the service starts. So make sure on that day, uh, you're checking all of our social media because there's gonna be some great things happening uh, even before our service starts. And, and we're hoping to have less of our mugs on here Seriously. and more of people that are familiar from our community of faith. So we're, we're excited about that. Yep. So we're looking forward to that. If this has been adding um, value to your life and your faith journey, would you consider partnering with us financially? Mm -hmm. uh, you can do that a number of ways. You can stop at our office, which is still open by the way, even within these new restrictions. And we'd love to see your faces. You do have to wear a mask 
and uh, do a little hand sanitizing when you walk in. But other than that, we'd love to see you. Yeah. Um, you can also do uh, drive-through generosity. We're here today. Uh, this is a Sunday from nine to noon. And so we'd love to see you here and as well as online, myevangel.church forward slash give. And for those of you that are maybe exploring faith with us, please don't feel obligated to give. <laughs> but if you are part of our church family, we just want to thank you for your yeah. faithfulness over this season. It's amazing when we look at the, the miracle, mm -hmm. really, of God sustaining our church and our ministries in this town. And there's actually even a new way, one more new way that we can give yes. too. So on this page on Facebook right now, if you're joining us there, there's a donate button that's uh, kind of under the description. And so if you click that, um, you're able to donate there too. Um, and that is also uh, a way that you can give in this season too. And the cool thing about that is Facebook actually covers all of the fees. Yeah, thanks so Facebook. That's fun. Thanks Facebook. Have a great day everybody. See you guys.